As you turn with me, please, in your Bibles, would you turn with me to the 12th chapter of the book of Revelation. In this particular chapter, chapters 12, 13, and 14, I've told you before, and uh, it's been quite a while since I've mentioned this, but the, the book of Revelation is not in chronological order, not all of it. And this is, a, this is kind of a, a, just a, it's a section of Scripture that's just set apart, if you would. It, it talks about the, 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 the battleground, the war that's going on in heaven and on earth. In fact, if you're in the 12th chapter, I want you to read with me uh, verses 7, 8, and 9. And I want you to just contemplate these words. We'll read verses 1 through 6 a little bit later. It says in verse 7, There was a war in heaven, Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels waged war, and they were not strong enough, and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. Satan desired to do battle with God. Why? Have you ever thought that through? What, what in the world got him into the place that he would want to do war with God? Well, Isaiah, the 14th chapter, the 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th verses, gives us a hint of what went through the mind of Lucifer, Satan. It says in verse 12 of Isaiah chapter 14, How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations Verse 13 says, But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself, he says, like the Most High. His problem was he wanted to be worshipped. His problem was he wanted to have what God has. And he wanted that for himself. One of the verses that I, I taught my son when he was younger was out of the book of Proverbs, the 16th chapter, the 18th verse. It says, Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before stumbling. And even more foolishly than Satan wanting to be worshipped above God, we learn from verse 4, look, look at verse 4. His tail, Satan's tail, swept away a third of the stars of heaven. That was the angels. A third of them fell with them, and, and they were all thrown to the earth. More foolishly, we learn from verse 4 that a third of the angels cast their lot with Satan, wanting to be like God, and wanting to be like God, they became as much unlike him as possible. These fallen angels, these demons, became Satan's tool for doing evil. They fought against both God's holy angels and they fought against the human race. Now here's the rub. Here's why I bring this out. When Adam and Eve fell, like it or not, the human race became a part of this war. In fact, since the fall of mankind there in the garden... The earth has been the primary place in which this war has been fought. 
And don't you know that every member of the human race faces the same choice that the angels once did? What is that choice, you might ask? Well, it is to choose. To choose on whose side you are on. God's or Satan's. Now, you might say, I don't want that fight. I mean, let them go at it. Well, remaining neutral is not an option. God requires every single one of us to make a choice. Listen, listen to our Lord Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 12, verse 30. He makes this classic statement to mankind concerning this war that we have against sin and evil and Satan. Jesus says, and as soon as I start it, you're going to know this verse. He says, he or she who is not with me is what? Automatic. You know it. He who is not with me is against me. And the person who does not gather with me does what? Scatters. You're in this battle. We are in this battle. Like it or not, there is no standing neutral. It's a choice. And one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture comes through the mouth of this warrior Joshua. When Joshua said in the 24th chapter, the 15th, 15th verse, he says, If it's disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, he says, Choose for yourselves today whom you'll serve. And he goes on to say, Whether it be the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land we are now living. In other words, he's talking about Satan and his false gods. So Joshua says, choose for yourself today. Whom will you serve? And then he makes this amazing statement, but for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And so there's this war that's raging on, and, and we're a part of it, like it or not. And so we are to choose for ourselves today who we serve. For me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Read with me, please, these these penetrating verses in chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. And, and there's, there's a great lesson to be learned in these six verses, and I think you'll see them clearly. John writes, A great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. She was with child, and she cried out, being in labor and in pain, to give birth. 
Then John writes in verse 3, Another sign appeared in heaven, and behold, a, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads were seven diadems. And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she gave birth he might devour her child. But verse 5 tells us she gave birth to a son, a, maid, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with an rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that she might be nourished for 1,260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. She fled to a place that was prepared for her by God where she would be nourished for three and a half years, the last half of the great tribulation. Let's pray. Father, please open up our eyes. May we be thankful. Thankful this, this week, really our lives, for what you have done for us. Your kindness goes beyond anything that we can even say or imagine. Just the fact that you have given us a, a Savior so that we might know that we have life everlasting. Bless us, please, Father. Teach us, please, Father. For that to take place, I beg of you, Lord, would you move me aside? Take the things that I've studied this week and, and may I present it, Father, so that it might teach others. But more importantly, would you move me aside so that you might have full reign and teach us as you so desire? Would you comfort us where we need comfort? Would you convict us, Father, where we need to be convicted? And would you challenge us, Lord, so that we might see the wonders of your Son and be conformed into his image? Bless, 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 Father, this time, this place, these people. I pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The identity of the woman is crucial to understanding the book of Revelation. There are a lot of commentaries on who is this woman. John saw two great signs in verses 1 through 5. He saw this woman who was with child, and he also saw a great red dragon. Now we already learned in verse 9 that this great dragon was the serpent of old. He was the one who was called the devil or Satan. So we already know who that is, but how you look at and see this woman clothed with the sun, moon under her feet, head and crown of 12 stars, this will affect our interpretation of this great book. Now some will say that the woman is the church. Not so. Because she's about to give birth. Birth to, we are going to find out, the Messiah. And the church did not give birth to the Messiah. On the contrary, the Messiah gave birth to the church. In verses 19, verses 
chapter 19, verses 15 and 16 of the book of Revelation, we find out who is this one that is said rules the nations with an iron, a rod of iron. In Revelation 19, verse 15, it says, From his mouth will come a sharp sword, so that with it he will strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron. He treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. Now here's who he is, whom you've already probably figured out. Verse 16, on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Who is it? Who is it? It's Jesus. It's the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. So the woman must be Israel because out of Israel came the Messiah. He is the one who was promised through the line of David. The rest of the characters that we will see in chapter 12 set the stage for the last three and one half years of what is called by God the Great Tribulation, the Great War. Of course, the red dragon is Satan. Of course, the third of the stars that fell with him are fallen angels who foolishly followed him in rebellion. And chapters 12, 13, and 14 are going to cover a great amount of time. They're going to cover the time from the creation of God's angels to the fall of Satan and his unholy angels until the return of Jesus Christ and the end, finally, the end of the tribulation. Within chapter 12, we're going to see the main characters that are going to play out this whole scenario. There's Israel. There's the Messiah, Jesus Christ. There's the red dragon, Satan. There is God and his holy angels. And then there is Satan and his unholy demons. And so to believe that the woman is Israel is going to set our belief concerning the rapture of the church. And what takes place afterwards. You see, Israel is forever in a prominent place as far as God's plan is concerned. It began as Dr. Walt Russell taught us on Third Friday concerning the, the Holy Spirit. It began in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. When, when God said to Abram, I'm going to bless you, and then I'm going to make you a great nation, and I will bless those that bless you, the nation Israel. And then I will curse those that curse you, the nation Israel. You see, through Israel, it says all the families of this earth shall be blessed. And blessed we have been. For the Messiah, our Savior, has come through the line of David, as Revelation 22, 16, for one of many places tells us. You know, it is a foolish people, a foolish nation that does not support and back Israel. God says, I will bless those that bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And I fear for any nation, I fear for ours that, that wants to maybe turn its back on Israel. We can never do that. People, we can never, ever do that. 
We must support and love Israel because we must bless them so that God will in return bless us. Shame on anyone who curses that nation. So God will restore back to order all that that's going to be, but it's going to happen in time. If you remember, we read in chapter 11 and verse 15, the seventh angel sounded, blew his trumpet, and then there became loud voices that said in heaven, saying, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. But before that happens, Satan is going to be unleashed. The war will take place, not only in heaven, but as we just read, it will be thrown down to the earth, and it'll, his fury will, will come against mankind, and especially will come against Israel. Jesus himself warned in Matthew, the 24th chapter, he said in verses 15 and 16, when the abomination of desolation... Satan, when he comes into the temple to be worshipped, he says, flee, get out of there. Because, he says, in verses 21 and 22 of that same chapter, Matthew chapter 24, he says, there will then become a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. In other words, you've never seen anything like it. And he says in 20, verse 22, Unless those days were be cut short, no life would have been saved. But he says, for the sake of the elect, those who have trusted in him, those days will be cut short. And so we see the woman, Israel, and Satan, the great red dragon, comes against this woman, and he desires, as it says in verse 4, to devour her child. He, along with these stars, the third of them, that fell out of heaven, fallen unholy angels. And his intent is to devour this child. Well, throughout Scripture we have seen that. Back in the Old Testament we saw where, where, where they, they wanted to kill all of the firstborn of the Jews. And, and we see it in when Jesus was born, how... They wanted to kill the, the young boys so that they might stop the Messiah. Now in verse 5 we see that this child was born to the nation Israel. And he, it says in verse 5, shall rule all the nations, note all of them, with a rod of iron. Clearly refers to, the, to our Messiah, to Jesus Christ, and his full and complete Authority over everyone, everywhere, all the nations. Now here's something very interesting I want you to cling to. John writes in verse 5, read it with me very carefully. She gave birth to a son, a male child. We know that to be the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Now note, and her child, this one was caught up to God and to his throne. The Greek word for caught up means to seize or to rescue. There's another place that this 
phrase is used in Scripture. Paul writes of it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17. He uses the same Greek word used to describe the rapture of the church being caught up or seized or rescued into heaven. 1 Thessalonians 4.17 reads, We who are alive and remain will be caught up, seized, rescued, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall always we be with the Lord. It is Jesus Christ who, in verse 5 of chapter 12 of the book of Revelation, is caught up, seized, rescued into heaven to be with God and at his throne. And then we see in verse 6, we are cared for. The woman, Israel, but not just Israel, but all who have trusted in Christ, fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she might be nourished for 1,260 days, 42 months, three and a half years. The great tribulation. She will flee to a place where she where has been prepared for her by God, where she, she will be nourished, Israel will be. But not just Israel. We find out that it is a place that is prepared for all who would trust in our Lord. Hold on to your Bibles. There's only one other place that this is used in the New Testament. And it is found in John chapter 14, verses 1, 2, and 3. You'll, you'll recognize this, I believe, the moment I start to read it. Jesus Christ says in verse 1 of John chapter 14, Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also, he says, in me. He says in verse 2, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go, and here it is, For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, he says in verse 3, and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus told his followers, I go to prepare a place for you. I am caught up, caught up, seized, rescued to be in heaven. And while I am there, I will prepare a place for you. Paul states that we will also be caught up with our Lord in a place that He has prepared for us. Revelation chapter 12 verse 6 guarantees a safe haven on the earth for all Jews or Gentiles, all believers, during the great tribulation who flee to this place that God has set aside for them for the remaining three and one half years. And note in verse 6, not only will he protect them, but he has a provision for them. He will nourish them, care for their needs for these three and one half years. 1,260 days, 42 months. Now if you ever wonder, who's going to go into the millennium? I've had some of you ask me, what about the millennium? Well, we're not there yet, but we're going to get there soon. Who are the people who go into the millennium? It is these people who flee to a place that God has prepared for them and He will nourish them during the last three and one half years of the tribulation. 
And they will be ushered into what is called the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ on this earth. It is these people who see the light of God. They have either come to know Christ through the 144,000 Jews who evangelized the world, or the two witnesses, or the, the angel who was in mid-heaven proclaiming the gospel for everyone to hear. It is those people who have trusted in Christ who flee from Satan and turn to God for his care and for his protection and for his provision. You see, just as God protected the forefathers, the, the, the Israelites in the wilderness for 1,000, I mean thousands of years ago, for 40 years, he gave them manna to eat. He gave them a cloud in the daytime to protect them and fire at night to lead them or guide them. He fed them. He protected them. He led them. So he shall do it again. He will care for his chosen people during the last three and one half years of the great tribulation and he will lead them into the millennium. And so they will be cared for. Here's the rub. I told you that, that there's that there's no option in this battle. You, you can't say, I, I want to opt out. I'll let others do the fighting for me. I, I'll, I'll decide later. No, you either, you either are in or you're out. It's, you know, Dr. McGee, how many times have I said it? You're either a saint or you ain't. You're either a part of God's team or you're a part of Satan. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. And what God says he will do to those that flee to a place that he will nourish and provide for them and protect them, he does for us today. He does for you and for me. He just loves us that much. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. And so I'm asking, as we go into this time of the year, this time of thanksgiving that moves us so quickly into the most wonderful of wonderful times and that is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ the son of the living God when is the last time that you just got alone no distractions no radio no television no phones no nothing just you and God. And then you started to make a list of those things that you wanted to thank him for. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's your mate, your children, your friends, the church, your loved ones. If you have none of that, you can sit back and say, Lord, I want to thank you that you have forgiven me my sin and that you have given me through your Son, Jesus Christ, eternal life. When is the last time you have really thanked him? As I sat on the couch and talked to Natalie yesterday, as well as Elise and Matthew and Jess and Malie and the last name I 
can't remember. I tried to remember. Jasmine. Jasmine? Natalie, but was, it was, there was one other girl. As I sat with these young people, I, I can't even tell you, at least, what Kay and I felt like when you guys left. It was like a, the Lord just came and just, just sat in our place for a while with you guys. And I had such a sweeping feeling of thankfulness. Thankfulness that the Lord trusted me with this salvation. Trusted me to love on you people. And so when Anthony sang this morning and last night, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. You know, Peter uh, was with Jesus Christ and there were some people leaving. And he said, they're leaving, Lord. And he said, uh, Jesus said to him, Peter, do you wish to go? And Peter made this tremendous statement. He says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you know how fortunate you and I are? That we know the Lord? You know how thankful we ought to be that he knows us and that he gave his only begotten son that you and I might have everlasting life. Whether it's disagreeable in your sight or not, you need to choose yourselves today, who, who will you serve? I pray for you and your house. You'll serve the Lord. It is the greatest experience you'll ever know. Our Lord was caught up, rescued, seized, and we will be caught up, rescued and seized to go to a place that he has prepared for us. Father, it's too much to imagine. It's beyond what I can comprehend. I think of, of those moments that we will have in heaven. Father, I have no idea what to expect from my my perspective, but Father, if I could, I would love to just be able to, to sit and watch. If you were to give me the privilege of, of just watching some of these people and see their faces as they see you, I would long for that just to see the joy 
that we have. Father, thank you. Thank you from the very depth of my heart for how much you love us. In Jesus' precious name, we thank you, Father. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving, you folks. I love you so much. Give Lord the thanks this week. Have a great day.